Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Really do appreciate it. Uh, President, uh, my apologies, Minister Gwede Mandashe has made it quite clear that South Africa is going to explore for oil and gas. He's made it quite clear. He said this is not questionable and this is not about if and should we do it. It's about when will we get to do it. New legislature is being written specifically for that. In fact, a bill that's before Parliament right now will give some sort of regulatory guidance uh, to how oil and gas exploration will take place, but also how the upstream, uh, the oil and gas upstream industry will be uh, um, upstream effectively just means exploration. That's effectively what it means. What the uh, petroleum upstream uh, industry will be and look like. The bill before him is the the bill before Parliament is the Upstream Petroleum Resources Development Bill, and it seeks uh, to establish the South Africa Petroleum South African National Petroleum Company. What is this bill about? What is this company about? And what will it do? Is there a need for it at all? Or does the current legislature and regulatory framework uh, give room for exploration to take place and for oil and gas, if to be founded, to be traded in ways that benefit you and I? That is to say, taxpayers through the necessary offtakes and royalty deals that are uh, that are common in these sort of uh, licenses, exploration licenses and deals that are uh, usually uh, you know, put together here. Jacqueline Rukanda. Uh, she is an attorney and human rights activist with Natural Justice. Jacqueline, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, the rudimentary question is fundamentally this. What is the Upstream Petroleum Resources Development Bill? What does it seek to do? Thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you for uh, an opportunity to discuss this important bill. Yes, uh, so for us, uh, the Upstream Petroleum Resources Development Bill uh, it represents a conflict uh, of uh, policy and law, uh, especially looking uh, at, the climate, at the climate crisis that we are facing. Um, as far as the bill is concerned, it states that uh, one of its uh, important objectives is to accelerate, uh, which is to increase uh, the exploration uh, of uh, petroleum resources in South Africa, as you have put it. Um, however, we feel that this is a one-sided approach to the problems that South Africa is currently facing. You know, climate change is no longer a future notion. Um, lives have already been lost. Uh, livelihoods have, have already been destroyed by extreme weather events. So whatever policies that we make uh, to improve lives and livelihoods in South Africa needs to have a holistic uh, approach to address both crises, to address the need for South Africa to develop its wealth, but as well as uh, to take care of communities that are mostly impacted by uh, extreme weather events. So that is our first and major take uh, on the Upstream Petroleum Resources Development Bill. In what way does the bill not take into consideration the countries, uh, at least as far as South Africa's uh, commitments to COP uh, is concerned and to the United Nations Climate Commission, in what ways does this bill not take into consideration our climate change imperatives? Okay, so South Africa, uh, when it signed the Paris Agreement, it also came up with its own strategies and its own plans to combat climate change. And a huge uh, part of those strategies and plans 
was for South Africa to, to follow, you know, scientific evidence in coming up with solutions. So there was a report that was done by the United Nations Environment Program. It was firstly done in 2021. This is the Global Methane Assessment Report. Yeah. And it acknowledged that methane emissions are the largest contributor or the, you know, the cause of climate change. And it also acknowledged that these emissions are fueled by human activities, such as fossil fuels, uh, which accounted in 2021 for 35% of the emissions, such things as waste, which accounted for 20%, agriculture accounted for 40%. In the category of fossil fuels, oil and, and gas exploration, these two contribute the most at 23% compared to other fuels such as coal. So the expectation is that South Africa, as it is now combating climate change, it will take action that seeks to reduce this uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, these methane emissions. But if you look at the uh, upstream petroleum resources development bill, by accelerating production, by accelerating exploitation, we will actually contribute more methane emissions to the atmosphere. And the target for the Paris Agreement was to bring these global emissions to fall under the 1.5%. And that report also stated that, therefore, to meet the 1.5% goal, most of the fossil fuels such as gas uh, and oil and uh, all the other fossil fuels, they need to remain untapped. There needs to be a concerted effort to transition to a just uh, renewable energy, uh, to get renewable energy sources. So that is the first glaring uh, incompatibility because if we are accelerating, it means we are going against yeah. the science. Perhaps let me ask this, uh, and maybe we should have started with this question. Is gas exploration a bad thing, Jacqueline? Well, there have been many reports that have been done in many other countries that have used gas before, and they have shown that gas is harmful to public health. Not just because gas itself contains a lot of methane, but one of the huge concerns is that the method to extract gas, um, they use a method that is called hydraulic fracturing. And the, the short word for it is called fracking, where they use a number of to toxic chemicals, they pump them at very high pressures into the ground so as to push the gas that they, they will extract out. And because of that, that has a lot of impact on the environment. One, pumping a lot of gases under pressure has been shown by these studies to cause earthquakes, to weaken the substructure, you know, so that you end up just having areas of the, of the ground which are very weak and can never be used after that gas is, is uh, extracted. Also, a big concern is that for gas throughout the gas supply chain, methane, there are so many methane leakages that have been proven by peer-reviewed uh, research uh, reports that have uh, been published. And methane is a greenhouse gas that has been shown to have a bigger impact on climate change more than carbon dioxide. In the U.S., research has shown that the leaked methane emissions along the gas supply, they, they are from the well pump from the power plant to the factory or even in the home where this gas may be used. So it's not climate friendly, it's not environment friendly, and also it is a threat to public health. We have shared these reports with uh, with the DMRE 
we have uh, shared the concerns even in other countries where this fracking uh, method was being used. Okay. They have even put a moratorium to say, look, we're not going to use this after having experienced wide um, public health concerns yeah. with their with their communities. So, so, so when you shared the respond the, the, these reports, what was the hope of uh, of natural justice that there be no oil and gas explorations at all ever again? Our hope was that we would have uh, our government look at an at holistic approaches, like I said. We would want them to adopt climate-friendly policies. We would want them, even if they were to continue with gas and oil exploration, but to have good laws that are strong enough yeah, you know, yeah. that are strong enough. You know that in our National Environmental Management Act, a huge principle is that the polluter pays, right? Yes, so yes. whoever is responsible for polluting should be made accountable yes. and should be made to rehabilitate the environment that they have degraded through pollution. But if you look at the UPRD, all it does is to state that uh, the the it is to state that the government has a responsibility to protect the environment. Only that in affirmation. But it does not talk about, okay, these investors who will have the right to explore this um, gas, what responsibilities do they have after they have finished their activities? How will they rehabilitate the, the environment? So in the context of oil and gas exploration, what does environmentally friendly laws and regulations look like? So you've cited one, which is the principle, the uh, you know, being uh, not wavering away from the principle that the polluter pays. What other laws uh, are we looking at here that, that are important to note that are environmentally friendly uh, in the oil and gas mm-hmm. exploration activity? Okay, so one of the concerns we have with the UPRD bill is that it seeks to... To, uh, to put under a single license the the process of the exploration and then the production. So an investor will get a single license, will apply once, and then they can explore and then finally produce the gas or the oil. But if you have just the one single uh, license, that means you have curtailed the right for public scrutiny, you know, when a company applies. People need to scrutinize that application. People need to be able to look at the environmental impacts that the company will have. And people need to look at, they will also come up with a program of rehabilitation. So one of the concerns is that this bill now says, because they want to accelerate under a single license, an investor can just apply and get an exploration right, and then they can quickly go into production. We feel that that just speaks to a bad law. There should be room to investigate, to scrutinize for the public when they are concerned, to talk about the environment, to talk about public health. So that is one of the things where we feel the UPRD yeah. uh, is weak. In South Africa, exploration is at deep sea, right? This is we almost only exclusively do uh, deep sea exploration. I mean, the 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 attempts to frack in the Karoo had long died out. Uh, that that's never found any momentum. Any sorts of exploration that is to happen, and the current licenses that are being held are for deep sea exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hundreds of not if if not a thousand of kilometers uh, off of the coast, uh, off of the Cape Coast, right? So it's it's again. Deep water exploration, uh, very far yeah. away from the sort of human interaction that you and I uh, can 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 talk about public health uh, concerns around. Uh, in that instance, 
is there uh, is 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 the bill lacking um i don't know whether you have had uh, people now talking about a treaty that should come uh, very near in the near future to talk about the protection of uh, the water in the seas because mm. they are currency south africa is not only responsible to take care of the republic of south africa impacts on the communities that are in south africa as a a, a, a country that lives within the global village, it is also responsible to ensure that even if we have any activity that is taking uh, place in the deep, uh, the deep waters, as you speak, the currents, uh, these whatever oil spills are not then carried to other communities. Yeah. So that is why there are global discussions to ensure that each country plays its part. And even though uh, people might say that, okay, uh, the exploration would take uh, take place in deep water, but there are impacts that happen in deep water that can also impact communities. Mm. Most of the communities that live along the coast, they are fisher communities. They depend on fishing, not just for uh, daily uh, subsistence food, but also even to sell, to send their kids to school. And we have had experts and scientists we have shown that the drilling within the seabed actually impacts marine life. And we know that we have done interviews on interviews with many communities who now say they can go out to sea for a week and come back without any catch. Yeah. See, you know, the sea is being impacted by these activities. So those are the, some of the things that we expected the bill to look at. I don't know whether you have looked at the map that is currently on the website of PASA, showing the amount of applications that are pending yeah. on the coast of South Africa. It's a huge, uh, uh, a huge uh, plan for so many impacts. And these impacts will not be individual. Mm-hmm. They will be cumulative because mm. each drilling exercise, each exploration exercise adds on. So there is what is called cumulative impact. And that is the most impact on communities and the environment. Just lastly, uh, how do you, Jacqueline, uh, you know, compare or at least, uh, you know, evaluate the trade-off between uh, the sort of environmental impact that you're speaking about versus Mm -hmm. uh, the potential economic uh, upside of it? Let's use the case of Guyana, for instance, uh, as a a potential case study here. Since the discoveries Mm -hmm. of oil and gas in Guyana as far back as 2017, 2018, uh, with commercialization beginning 2019-2020, we've seen the, the economy of Guyana grow more than 20% year on year over the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an economy mm-hmm. of 800,000 people that for the most part lived in poverty and are now completely lifted out of poverty as a result of this, right? The government there holds yeah. significant royalties in all of that. And of course, uh, the tax base has, has grown significantly. And other economies have since developed in Guyana as a result of uh, the oil and gas discoveries over there. A 20% year-on-year economic growth for South Africa over the next five years could and I mm-hmm. mean this in absolutely no hyperbole, could miraculously live, uh, uh, lift out uh, hundreds, if not millions of South Africa from poverty. How do you then take yeah. that into mind and, and, and look at those particular economic upsides, uh, potential upsides, versus uh, yeah. the, 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 the environmental risk that you're talking about? So that is a great thing, you know, if we can uplift communities, because at the end of the day, the... South Africa has signed 17 sustainable development goals, you know, to deal with alleviation of poverty, to deal with wealth creation, to deal with job creation. 
But the way that what we want to caution against is this rhetoric that what we are saying is that we are saying it's one or the other. We mm. are saying that, okay, if we don't have exploration, then that's it. No, what we are saying is that the sustainable development goals themselves, they say that there can be no enjoyment of a, of a job if your environment is dirty. If you yourself are sick because of some toxics, toxicity in the air, right? So we are looking for a holistic approach. What we would want the, uh, the government of South Africa to be wary of, and what we caution against as policy, you know, uh, as policy advocates, is to say, look, we want a holistic approach to wealth creation. Yeah. We have already had so many problems in South Africa. What? Look at uh, how much gold is in South Africa. Look at how much diamonds are in South Africa, and they have been extracted for years and years and years. And yet, South Africa is classified as one of the most unequal societies. Why yeah. hasn't that uplifted the common men in the street? Because it is the context of South Africa. You know, our laws, yeah. the way they are applied, and also the other issues we have of corruption, the other issues we have of mismanagement. So that is why our hope on this bill was that it would be a strong law. You know, an okay. opportunity so to solve all these historical problems we have so that our communities can thrive. What for does, people and for planets. What does the science tell us, uh, Jacqueline? How much exploration is uh, just enough? Well, I don't have uh, I don't have a clear answer for that. But what I can tell you is that we have reports that have been published that you know that say that all these oil and gas companies they promote the narrative that uh, pre petroleum extraction creates jobs, it alleviates poverty. But in many many societies. The evidence shows otherwise. Just look at Nigeria. Just look at Nigeria. The Ogoni people, if you look there, out of, after 96 years of shale, exploiting that oil no, in no, the but country. No, no, but I mean, if you... If you what has talking, happened there? My question is specifically about environmental impact, right? You're saying, look, we're okay if exploration goes ahead, but it just must happen under a regulatory environment uh, that as best as it possibly can protects the environment, right? And then you talk about yes. the cumulative, and, hold on, the cumulative and, impact of, of, of too much exploration. Uh, of course, you're right. There are multiple license applications pending. There are a number of active licenses currently in the Orange Basin, uh, but, uh, you know, very little activity is currently taking place over there. When you talk about the environmental imperative and and and, and the importance on, on that, what does the science, at least the scientific reports that you had submitted to uh, Parliament on this, what does it say about how much exploration is enough? That is to say, what is the line? And if you cross that line, that's too much exploration. Uh, and, and, and we start seeing that uh, the trade-off doesn't work out and that you're harming uh, the environment with no real economic mm -hmm. returns for communities. Where is that line? Well, at the moment, like I said, you remember the report that I cited? It actually states that, look, what is in the ground must stay in the ground. That's what the report said in 2021. It re-emphasized it in 2022. What does that and mean? in 2023, we are, that we should not actually accelerate oil and gas exploitation, but should now be working towards transitioning to renewable energy sources, which can create the same amount of wealth which can create the same amount or even better jobs because then people can enjoy wealth in a healthy environment. So there is, there are alternatives. So, so, it's not like so basically, there is no, no alternative to... Sorry, can I just finish? 
it's not like there is no alternative. There yeah. are alternatives. That's why there sure. is a lot of talk about mitigating climate change, but as well as adapting. And a way can of adaptation both? and a way of mitigation can you can you do you both know, renewable energy sources can we do both we need to take a concerted effort to move away from fossil fuels right, right. and start working effectively towards renewable energy sources so is there... that way we we ensure that our future generations also they enjoy this planet that we are using right now so is the principle, what is in the ground must stay in the ground, the principle that you're advocating for in conversation with this bill? Yes, because like I said, South Africa has committed to follow the right. science. So the science right now is saying what is in the ground must stay in the ground. So effectively and we the, are saying there are alternatives to yeah, create wealth. Yeah. Let's look at a just energy transition. Sure. So effectively the position you're taking is that there must be no exploration taking place at all ever. We should be looking at concluding the ones that we have and okay. putting all our finances and efforts to, to renewable sources of energy. That is what the science says. Okay. And that is what we feel is good for communities as well. So, because if communities own these uh, uh, renewable energy sources, they, they will be better off than be laborers. You don't have to sell me on the, on, on the renewable energy stuff. That I'm... You and I are on the same page 100%. I'm just trying to understand with clarity what the position is on oil and gas exploration here. Um, so so you're saying that we should conclude the, the, the exploration that's currently happening. That's to say, if any company currently has an oil and gas exploration license or license to explore, uh, that those licenses must go ahead, but no new licenses must be issued. Am I understanding you correct? That- that was the hope that we had. And that is why we are concerned with this bill when it talks about acceleration, meaning okay. more, right? Meaning more. So what we are saying is, look, at the point where we are at, what we really need to do is to be closing off what has already been uh, been started and looking to see if we can then transition to renewable sources of energy, which we have in abundance, the sun, right. the wind, we do have that. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Jacqueline Ruganda, a lawyer for, at human, uh, and human rights activist at Natural Justice. I'm taking your reactions to this. Give me a call, 86 2032 You heard my conversation with Jacqueline. What are your thoughts?